Christmas story. A small class of special needs elementary children went on their first field trip. One of the children didn't ever talk in school, ever. And that day, the teacher watched him as he sat on the ground and talked to one of the pigs at the farm they were visiting. I have said more than any extensive talk can say about compassion. Hi, I'm Paige. Chizuba Talks is a podcast dedicated to sharing such amazing stories about nonprofits. And today's nonprofit is no prizes for guessing, it's about rescuing mini pigs. This is a very compassionate and vital mission that today's nonprofit does. That's Houston Mini Pig Rescue and Farm Sanctuary. It is a 501c3 organization dedicated to providing second chances and loving homes for these adorable and intelligent animals. And I have Megan C with me today. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. Hi, thank you for having me. To be honest, Megan, I was very surprised at um, knowing that mini pigs are a thing and they are uh, pets. And I read uh, about mini pigs and I found that they are often the victims of misconceptions and impulsive purchases and often leads uh, to their abandonment. Is that right? Yes, we have probably five to 10 calls or messages per day to take in a pig that got too big for its family. Um, There's a abandoned pig over here. There's an abandoned pig over there. And people often torture them also because they are so, they're like a four-year-old child. They trust humans once they've, you know, been treated well. And then the wrong human finds them loose on the road and just terrible things happen to them. They get burned. Um, my, my soul pig was used as dog bait. He was tied up and let dogs were allowed to attack him while he was tied and he couldn't move. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So those are, those are more of the cases that we take in now is the high risk, serious medical needs or life or death for the pigs. Because if we took in the owner surrenders every day, we couldn't afford to function. Right. And how long have you been in operation? About 10 years. 10 years now. And you still see cases like this? All the time. Oh, goodness. Megan, could you share about your motivation and passion for rescuing pigs and how how it started? It actually started with my grandmother from the time I was a very small child. She grew up during the Depression, and they did raise pigs for food, but there was one piglet that wasn't thriving, so they let her and her four siblings play with it. And she loved pigs her entire life. In eighth grade, the Vietnamese potbelly pigs were hitting America as pets rather than just... um, zoo attractions. There was a breeder right down the road from me being 14. I wanted one. My dad always said no, and I'm glad. (laughs) Um, And then my grandmother passed away and my kids started getting a little older. And I was like, so it's kind of 
always been in me. I've always been, I, I've rescued every animal I ever came across. But then this is kind of in honor of my Nana to a bit of a degree. Well, bless her soul. Um, now tell us, what do you do? When, once you know that there is a pig that is that needs rescuing, uh, how do you rehabilitate the traumatized pigs? Uh, you work very slowly with them. Um, during the medical healing process, you do it as gently as you can. Um, they're not always very cooperative because they're scared. They're, they're ready to run away and attack. So we keep them in a smaller area alone. Uh, so mm -hmm. they get all the medical attention they need and you just work very, very slowly with them. I talk softly like you would to a baby going to sleep. Um, my energy is always very positive and loving. So that way we, they can feel it and eventually they come around. It just mm -hmm. takes some pigs longer than others. I understand. Now, um, Tell us what it is like talking to a pig. Is it the same like a dog or a cat? What is different? Um, I have full conversations with them because pigs are intelligent enough to understand an yes, entire conversation. Yes. So, I mean, I do it. Of course, I do the mommy baby talk with them. But like, you know, I'll be out in the pasture 90% of the time. It's just me here. So I just go out and I talk to everybody like, you know, I would talk to anybody else and they, they get it. Sometimes they don't like what I say and they look at me sideways and walk away. <laughs> Give you the side <laughs> eye, is it? Yep. <laughs> oh, lovely. So do you have any programs where you talk about rescuing pigs or about, you know, um, having a pet as a pig and uh, somebody yes. taking up um, to help I out do. with you? Yes. Uh, many programs with elementary schools, um, mm -hmm. the local um, humane society, uh, citizens for animal protection, places like that have kids camps at Christmas and summertime. And I go in with a pig and I educate the kids. And then we sit in a big circle and they get to learn. I, I give them a little speech and then they all have questions always but I always yeah. educate them about how intelligent pigs are and that they don't stay the size of your backpack. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a break to understand what Jazuba is. Everyone at some point ponders on how this beautiful life can be made more meaningful. Maybe you're a leader trying to enhance your employee's experience at your organization or you already work for the community and seek volunteers with state-of-the-art skills to strengthen your nonprofit. Whatever your situation, know that you can make a difference. Chizuba began with this very vision, a vision to facilitate every skill and every passion in the world in meeting a social need. Corporate volunteering has several benefits for both businesses and organizations. In parallel, Experienced and enthusiastic volunteers join NGO workers, enabling them to serve the community more effectively. Jazuba offers everyone looking to add purpose and meaning to their lives a chance to connect or volunteer virtually with non-profit organizations from over 100 countries around the world. 
visit www.chizuba.net and explore opportunities to find meaning. Chizuba, your platform to do good. And now, back with our guest. So, uh, tell us something about mini pigs, so to say. They are, uh, men, you know, behavior, uh, what they like, what they don't like. Where do you well, find different. one? Um, they're different as you and I, as far as personality and what they like to eat or do. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things they do love is if we get them um, a giant ball and put pellets in it or Cheerios, they will push that until it's completely empty. Um, We are actually, as soon as we get our barns built here, we're going to try to put in a, um, like a a course with Mm -hmm. tires around and tires flat and they go between them, they go through them. Um, so do they also little... need to be intellectually stimulated? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. And right now I do my best, but you know, we just got here a year ago. It's mostly me. My main focus is getting them shelter, keeping them healthy, yes. fed and happy. So we'll get there true, true. eventually. Yes, of course. How many pigs do you have currently and where do you get support from? Uh, we have 234 pigs and that doesn't include the goats, the sheep, the roosters, the donkeys. Um, and most of our donations, (laughs) we do, but they all needed help. They were going to die. Um, we do get donations in, but the bulk of what covers all this comes from our pockets. That's the case with most nonprofits, right? I've, I mean, I've been talking to so many nonprofits, and everybody says, you know, most of it is what we are doing from our own pockets because you are passionate about it. And yes. uh, there are very few grants that will help out some cause like this. Right. You know, the more popular right. causes are taken up more often. So, what do you think, Megan, needs to be done in order to ensure that conservation efforts like these, like yours, Uh, get the necessary exposure that it needs? It's slowly, slowly getting there. It runs in about a 20-year span. It's a roller Mm -hmm. coaster. So right now we're kind of at the bottom, and it's really refreshing when I talk to someone about mini pigs and they say, oh, they don't stay tiny. I was like, I know, and thank you for knowing that. Um, (laughs) But there does need to be more education than just social media. There needs to be mm-hmm. documentaries done on mini pigs specifically, not just from one rescue, but from multiple rescues. Cause we all have mm-hmm. different stories. We all have, you know, the mini pig that is actually 400 pounds. Um, mm-hmm. I really think that that would benefit, you know, no matter what rescues they are, but I really think that would benefit being able to get something like that out there. Right. So uh, I'm just wondering whether there are breeders there for mini pigs and do they uh, benefit from uh, breeding? They think they will. They think that they get two or three mini pigs, breed them in their backyard, and they're going to make a ton of money. 
Well, mm -hmm. we rescued 84 mini pigs in December of 21. They were one boar and two sows that escaped from a petting zoo, you know, out in the country. We ended up collecting 84, but that's because so many had been poisoned and shot and by the, the owners. And they thought they were going to get rich selling these mini pigs. We can't even give them away. I mean, we do home visits and ours is very, you know, it's a very extreme process but i want to ensure that they're in the right place but these breeders they just end up with you know 30 or 40 pigs with nothing to do with them so they'll just take them to a bayou and turn them loose or drive them down a country road and dump them off and uh, i'm sure they'll be a hazard if uh, they are let loose because are they are they uh violent do these pigs get violent when they're left out in the wild no there's a lot of people i mean they will become wild but keep in mind i worked with 84 wild pigs which is the same as feral people just like to use that word about one specific breed of pig um i didn't get bitten once none of them charged me they're scared they're prey so unless you corner them and threaten them or they're protecting their babies, you have nothing to worry about from them other than okay, rooting at the guard. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, you spoke about uh, documentaries. You spoke about making films and educating the public about it. Mm -hmm. uh, do you plan uh, with collaborating with other organizations or maybe some animal rescue or welfare community where they can probably make a documentary, an educational documentary, and maybe propagate this um, so that people are educated about it. We've all discussed it. It's just a matter of finding the time because this is a 125% of your time every day. Right. Um, eventually, I think we will. Um, it, it's just going to take a little while to make that happen. Uh, well, I wish you luck in uh, all that and let me know if I can help you with any collaborations with connecting you with anybody, uh, who, okay. you know, maybe a fundraiser or taking some initiative that people can participate in. Yeah, we can uh, always use fundraisers and a grant writer that anywhere in sure. the world that knows how to write grants would be a blessing to us. Yes. So if you look up my uh, previous episodes, you'll mm -hmm. find um, a couple of them uh, I've spoken to people who are professional grant writers. So maybe okay. that might help out with your organization as well. Yes, because we'd love to get the PTSD and foster kid program a little more balanced before, you know, I'd like to expand it to be what we dreamt of it being. Absolutely. I'm so happy to see your passion and I'm so happy to know that there are people like that who are thinking of other animals which nobody thinks of. Very unusual. Yes, it is. So, yes. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Of course. And thank you for doing what you're doing. Well, kindness is a simple yet profound force that has the power to brighten lives, mend wounds, 
and create a more compassionate world. I wish this world would be more compassionate than it is today.